Welcome to the Soda Baptist Church podcast. This message is part of the teaching ministry of Soda Baptist Church in Livingston, Texas. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged to grow closer in your walk with Christ through this message. We invite you to check out our website at www.sodabaptist.org for more information about our church. First Corinthians chapter 3. Over the last couple of weeks, we have spoken on the same same subject for all for the whole month of, of February. The subject being the foundation. Uh, I'm going to speak on that again to, this morning. Um, again, if you will look at, with me in in First Corinthians chapter three, I've normally been using the scriptures from nine all the way down to verse uh, sixteen. But this morning, I want to just go ahead and stress this one scripture in verse eleven. It says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And I want you to know I have, I have said that over and over and over and over for four weeks now. I keep stressing the fact that there is only one foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. There are not many ways to God. There are not many ways to heaven. There is one way. And that is Jesus Christ. First week I spoke about the foundation and what makes up that foundation. How many of you have been keeping up with this little convenience store that's going in down here next to Chico? Y'all been watching that? What stage are they, are they at right now on that foundation? They have been all week. First of the week, if you drove by there, they had a huge hole dug out. They pulled the dirt out of that hole because it was not a good foundation. But they've been working on the ground all week. They've been hauling dirt in and putting it in that hole, packing it down. Well, the, we talked about the foundation is made up of several ingredients. Talking about Jesus Christ, we talked about, first of all, how the groundwork was laid. I'm not going to go over this outline again and describe these positions. We talked about the framework that was laid or the forms that were put in, the limitations of who could be this Savior. We talked about also the things that kept that framework strong. Remember, if you go and you'll go by, if you'll keep watching, they're going to put up some boards out there. Then they're going to get the rebar, the thing that strengthens that foundation. They're going to put it in. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, is that that strengthening power. We're going to see uh, that after the strengthening was put in, that the material, it was tested. We know that Jesus Christ was tested and He came to be true. And then the time was spent. After that form was poured or the concrete was poured, you don't just immediately get out there and get on it and start building on top of it. We see that when Jesus died on the cross, immediately He went to the grave and for three days He was in the grave and He rose again. That's when the victory came, when he rose from the grave. The first week we talked about what made up this foundation. The second week we talked about my foundation. My foundation. My personal relationship. Everyone in here that's been born again has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can tell of when that took place. It's your own personal relationship. 
If you're here to this morning and you say, well, I, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I don't remember the time. I don't, I don't know that there was a specific time that I accepted Jesus Christ. Well, according to the Scriptures, there's a time. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen that you are our sinner. Listen to this. I, I, may, I may step on toes this morning. If you continue in sin long enough, it does not become right. Did you hear what I said? Just because you tell a lie and people begin to believe that lie, nobody doubts that lie, doesn't make it the truth. Alright? Just because you continue to sin for an extended period of time and you're not called to account for that, doesn't make it right. I want you to know, you can continue to come to church. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, it's going to be many that stand before me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Or didn't I do this in your name? He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. There was never a time when you approached me and said, Lord, God in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I know that He paid my sin debt. God, I accept that into my life and into my heart. I believe that He rose from the grave. Listen, if there's not an event like that in your life, I started to say, I don't believe you're not I don't believe you're saved. The Bible says you're not saved. There's a time and a place when you accept or you reject Jesus Christ. Second week was talking about my foundation, my personal relationship. The third week we talked about our foundation. In other words, once we establish a relationship with Jesus Christ, what have we done with that relationship since then? When we look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see what he's talking about there. He says that the day is going to come when I'm going to look at your foundation. Those things that you have done for me, you're going to be rewarded for. Those things that you have done for yourself, you're not going to receive a reward for those and they're going to be burned up. But even if you do nothing, the Bible says you will be saved yet as by fire. When you've accepted Christ, the Bible teaches the Bible teaches the security of the believer. Believe me, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But I know what it teaches. I believe what it teaches. But it seems like we would deserve, if we accept Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead and that He has saved us and, and God does it, if we never done another thing for Christ, I would think God would say, no, no, no. I know that's what I would do. But when we look at the Scripture... He tells us in that scripture right there, he says, yet you will be saved yet as by fire. In other words, you made it by the skin of your teeth. Basically what he's saying. Talked about our foundation. Many people, and we talked about the nation of Israel, how they came back and they built the foundation to rebuild the temple that's going to rebuild their relationship with God. They worked on it for two years and then they walked away from it for 17 years. My challenge was, have you walked away from serving God? Have you walked away from the God that saved you? Please, please, please. Time is short. Build on that foundation. Last week, if you'll remember, we talked about here comes the fire. That was the title of the message. Here comes the fire. In other words, when we stand before God after our time on this earth is over, He is going to try our works by fire. Those things that are done for Him, we will be rewarded for. Those things that were not done for Him, they will be burned away like wood, hay, or stubble. We talked about that. But this morning, 
This morning, if you'll look down here, there's no foundation. This morning, we're going to talk about those who will stand before God when there is no foundation. Understand this. Understand there is no other foundation except Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ in your life, you stand before an almighty God naked and guilty of sin. Guilty of rejecting the very Son of God. There's no other foundation to stand on. That's what we're going to look at this morning without a foundation. I've said it again. I said it and I've said it again. The last couple of weeks I've said it over and over and over. There is only one foundation. There is only one way to the Father. There is only one way to be saved. There is only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Have I, have I beat that old horse enough there? Jesus is the only way. That's what we're going to see this morning when we look at those people who have no foundation. Look with me in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. This is going to kind of be our springboard, and then we're going to look at an event in Acts chapter, uh, whatever it is, 3 or 4. Uh, Acts chapter 3. But look in, in Luke chapter 6. As to what it says there, verse number 47. Luke chapter 6 and verse 47 says this. Jesus speaking, he says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. We've heard this many times. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, what did I say that rock stands for? Every time you read about a rock in the Scripture, who is that rock? Jesus. Jesus. I'm telling you, if you found it upon a rock, I want you to know... When the storms of this life come and beat vehemently against you, you can stand because of Jesus. Verse 49 says, But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation. That's the title of my message. Without a foundation. He built a house upon the earth against which the streams did beat vehemently and immediately... That's a time word. Immediately it fell and ruin of the house was great. Without a foundation, we fail. Turn to Acts chapter 3 with me and I'll, let's look at an event where Peter and John, this is probably another familiar story that you have read and looked at. And let's look at it this morning and see what he's talking about being without this foundation. I was telling our Sunday school class this morning, we've got to quit speaking Christianese. You know what Christianese is? That's when you use a lot of words. I, I, I want you to know these were written some 2,000 years ago. They were translated in 16 and 11 during Shakespeare's age. A lot of times we'll use words in here 
that we don't even know what they're talking about. When I say that you need to build your life on a foundation, I am not talking to us about building anything. I'm talking to us about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Okay? Remember, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. We use these examples in the Scriptures. I want you to know Jesus was letting them know, hey guys, you're used to building a house? Understand, if you don't build your life on me, you're going to fail. That's what He keeps telling them over and over and over. Look at this event that takes place in Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the ninth hour or the hour of prayer, which is 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb He had been lame for 40 years, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And I want you to know, I, I, I like that. Hey, look at me. John and Peter would come through there and John and Peter is fixing to give them this man the most important thing that he could ever receive in his life. And he said, look right up here at me. I'm fixing to change your life. Look up here at me. I've got something to give you. Silver and gold have I none. But what I'm about to give to you, you're going to be able to pick up your bed and walk. I want to to ask you this question. This is only weeks after Jesus has ascended into heaven. Alright? Jesus was here 40 days after He was crucified. He was on this earth another 40 days. Then He ascended into heaven. I want you to know what? It was not that much, uh, how, that long ago that Jesus was walking through this same temple. Let me tell you this. How, how often did it say they brought this, this uh, paralyzed man to the temple? Daily. Let me tell you. Jesus walked by this man probably more than once. And yet when Jesus walked by, he did not heal him. I want you to know there was a reason behind that. Because the day was coming when Peter and John was going to walk in this temple and was going to change his life and God was going to receive the glory from it. There's a reason. So when we see this, he says, hey, look right up here at me. Look right up here at me. Pay attention. Because this message this morning could change your life. He says, look up here at me. Then, verse number 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaped up, he stood, he walked, he entered in with them unto the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. He's doing the same thing any of us would have done. You've been crippled for 40 years and immediately you have your strength and that you've never been able to walk, you've never been able to leave. I want you to know, you would not care what anybody around you was saying or doing. I want you to know you're going to be excited. That's what was going on with this man. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which would happen to him. I want you to know, it would be no different than any of us. I'm telling you, if I go to pick up uh, Caden, 
from Austin, my grandson, and he has lost his Down syndrome that he has, if I walk up to him and he is, he is speaking like us, he's talking like us, he's eating like us, because he doesn't do that with us. I want you to know, I'm going to be excited. And Susan's going to walk in the door and go, what happened to Caden? He's been healed. Everybody around us is going to notice it. Because they know of his disability and now he has been made whole. Verse 11 says this, And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondering, Hey, is that the guy that... I just walked by him a few minutes ago. I've seen him every day all my life sitting right there at that gate. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Man, I can't believe that. What's happened to him? I don't know. John and Peter came walking through and he helped him up and they were wondering. They couldn't believe what had happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ronnie. Ronnie was talking to some of his friends. This is right after Ronnie gave his life again unto Jesus Christ. Not that he was saved again, but he reinstated his life that he was going to live for him. And people in his friends were going, Y'all met Ronnie Bruce? What happened to him? They didn't understand. Because he was different. He surrendered his life completely and wholly to serve the Lord. There's something different. I hope somebody looks at your life and goes, man, is that the same guy I knew the other day? Because something happened. They were wondering. Verse number 12, And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? And why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? Now, what he was saying right here, he was saying, listen, guys, large crowd of people in this temple. It was the hour of prayer. The people came to the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to pray. He said, listen, guys, it's not me. Me and John, neither one. It's not what we have done that this man has been changed. I want you to know, he goes on to say, verse 13, the God of Abraham... And Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate, when He was determined to let Him go. Peter's treading on tender ground right there. This is what Peter said. He said, now listen. The God that you worship, the God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, the God of Moses, the God of Elijah, the God of David. He said, listen, this same God glorified His Son, Jesus Christ. And when He came and He walked on this earth, when Pilate said, I find no fault in Him, y'all stood there and y'all said, when Pilate said, I find no fault in Him, what would you have me to do with Him? You said crucify Him. You are the ones that said, crucify Him. Listen, in just a few minutes, you're going, we're going to see that the chief priest and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the, the chief rulers, they were all seeing this and they were talking with Peter and John. And he is pointing their finger at him and he says, you have killed the author of life. The reason this man is standing before you whole is not because of me or John, it was because of Jesus Christ. 
Look what he goes on to say. Verse number 14, he says, But you denied the Holy One and the just, and you desired a murderer to be granted unto you. You, you know who Barabbas was? That's another story. That's who they're referring to. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead. Wherefore, we are witnesses. Listen to this verse number 16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Who did he give credit for this man being able to walk and talk? Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, your life is going to stay the same the rest of your life. But I want you to know, he said this man's life was changed because of his faith in Jesus. His faith in Jesus. His faith in Jesus. Not his faith in an event that took place in a baptistry. Not your faith on, a, on the title of a name of a church over a door. Not, not faith in what you've spoken with your lips. Not faith but when you were baptized, maybe as an infant. None of that matters. He says, by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only foundation. There is no other foundation but Jesus Christ. Look in verse number 22. Now I'm telling you this morning, remember this... Remember the subject, because when we get to the end of this message, it's going to be clear to us all what happens when you have no foundation. In verse number 22, it says this, For Moses, he's, this is Peter, he's talking to this big group of Israelites now, these, these people in the temple, And Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Listen. Listen to this verse. In other words, this is what he just said to the guys. He said, listen. This is what God said, or Moses said. Moses said that one day there's going to be one come greater than me. He's going to be raised up among you. He's talking about Jesus. He says, this guy is going to come. Look what it says in verse 23. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. The day is coming, and I want you to know that day has not yet come. The day is coming when every person that will not hear what Jesus Christ says, for I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, it says, will be destroyed from among the people. You don't believe in Jesus? You're taking your chances because Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only foundation whereby men must be saved. All right. I want you to know they're standing around in that temple and he had these, these high priests, these people who are in charge of the religious part of what's taking place on that day, these elders, these Pharisees, and these Sadducees, I want you to know they're sitting there beginning to squirm because that's not what they preach. Okay? They preach you've got to keep the law. And here this guy has come into our dwelling place and he's teaching this. They command some of their uh, royal officers to arrest 
John and Peter and to put them in a holding place. They don't like what's going on. Listen to what it says in chapter 4 and verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came unto them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in hold until the next day, or it was about evening tide. It was late in the evening. This is something those people could stop, though. It says, How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Did I say there was a big group of people there? Man, that's, that's lots of people. I don't know if we could put 5,000 people on our parking lot. I'm telling you, Peter's sitting there telling them about the resurrection of Jesus, and I, they're saying, man, if this Jesus can change this man's life and make him walk where he's been not able to walk for 40 years, I want to have something to do with that. I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. Men gave their lives to Christ that day. Look in verse number 9. Verse number 9, what we see, the next day came. And they stood John and Peter up before this group of religious leaders. And they're going to examine them. And they're going to find out by what name and what power do you claim this resur- or, or this thing that you've done to this man here. We want to know. Listen to what Peter and John tell them in verse 9. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Oh, oh get ready. Be it known unto you all, And to all of the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified, who was raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. What? Right in the middle of this, He says something about a stone that is rejected. Who is that stone? Jesus. I want you to know that scripture that he just used comes out of Psalms 118 and verse 22. He quoted that from the Psalms because the Bible tells us way ahead of time that Jesus is going to come and the Jews are going to reject him and they're going to kick him out. They're not going to let him be that cornerstone. That is exactly what those people were doing right there. They were rejecting the stone. They were rejecting the foundation. They rejected Jesus Christ. Then he said in verse 12, and when when I tell you that there is no other foundation, you listen to this scripture. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none under under the name, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, is it clear? Is it clear to us the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ? That He came, that He died, that He rose again. That is the only way that salvation is accomplished, is through Jesus Christ. I've got a whole lot of scriptures up there. In Psalms 118 and 22, Isaiah 28 and 16, 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8. 
All of them talk about Jesus being the foundation. Jesus being that stone that the builders rejected or that the Jews rejected. They rejected Jesus. And I want you to know, here, listen to this. Praise God they rejected Him because that opened up the avenue for me and you, us Gentiles, that we might have an opportunity to be saved. Absolutely. I'm glad I have that choice to choose Jesus Christ today. And it is because of the rejection. You need to understand, though, that was in God's game plan the whole time. All right? He knew, his foreknowledge knew that they would reject Him. And that is where it is. There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. Okay, I want to look through some scriptures here. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 through 3. Why only Jesus? Why only through Jesus Christ can we be saved? Hebrews chapter 1 It tells us this. I was talking to a lady this last week. And I mentioned, there's a lady in Lufkin that I know, and I mentioned that I was preaching on the foundation and mentioned that, I said, yeah, my messages are 30 to 40 minutes. And she said, no, they're not. She said, the one I listened to the other day was 50 minutes. I didn't. I have to be honest with you. I, I don't realize that I preach that long. But my goodness, when you go to talking about such a good subject, it's just hard to get stopped sometimes. I have to tell you that. And, and listen, I have, to, I have to tell you, I appreciate it. I, have, I don't know if I have, have ever heard anyone in this congregation complain about how long I preach. But this is just such good stuff. And there's so many people in the world that need to hear this. Listen, let me tell you why Jesus is the only way. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, he says this, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, who hath appointed heir of all things by whom also... He made the worlds. Now that was just a the introduction to the verse I want you to hear. Listen to what he says Jesus has done. Whom being the brightness of His glory and the expressed image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sin. Jesus purged our sin. Did you notice, what is the tense of that word? Past tense. I want you to know the sins that I have had in my past. Jesus purged. He set them apart. He forgave them on the cross. The sin that I might commit tomorrow, He purged and He cleansed it on the cross some 2,000 years ago. Let me go on. Look what it says in John chapter 1 and verse 29. I don't have my scriptures in order. John chapter 21 and verse 29 is John the Baptist speaking. The next day John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus 
on the cross took away the sins of the world. Took them away. They've been forgiven. Took them away. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 says this. Who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. He on the cross bore our sins on that tree. Past tense. Catch that. Past tense. Colossians 1.14 In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Galatians 1.34 says this, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that we might delivered, be delivered us from the uh, present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Okay, I'm fixing to be done. Alright? I just want you to understand that when Jesus died on the cross, He died on the cross for our sins, even that we might commit tomorrow. Let me say it again. The sins of every single person in this room, whether you are saved or not, whether you believe or not, were paid for on that cross. Right. Your sin has been forgiven. Last verse. Last set of scriptures. Turn, turn with me to Revelation chapter 20. Everything I've said this morning is for this moment right here. Without a foundation. Without a foundation. What happens to us without a foundation? I, I wish I had time this morning to go through the scriptures and talk about how the Old Testament talks about hell, how the New Testament talks about hell, what hell is, where it came from, who it was established for. I wish I had time to go into all of that. I just don't have time this morning. I wish I had time this morning to talk to you about the lake of fire and what it stands for, how long it's going to last. If you think for one second that we live in this life and like a dog when we die, our life is over, you are wrong. Amen. When God made your soul, He made your soul eternal. You will either live it permanently in a place called heaven or permanently in a place called the lake of fire. That's the only two choices. But you have a choice whether to choose or reject it. Now listen to what it says right here. Revelation chapter 20. I wish I had time to read the whole part of this chapter. I just don't. Verse 11, this is John speaking. And John says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now understand, he said that there's a great white throne judgment right there. They're going to stand before an almighty God, and he is going to look in these books. Understand here, he says that when it says right there, he says, and I saw the dead, great and small, stand before God. He is talking about those 
who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ, those who have stood on this foundation and they claim Jesus Christ, their forgiveness of sin has been accepted because we ask. They are standing on the foundation. They're not there that day. You're going to read here in just a second. It says in the dead in Christ. Those who do not know. Those who have rejected. I'm going to stand before an almighty God. And it says right there, he's going to have books. And you're going to be judged according to your works. Did you read right there? Did you read right there? It says you're going to be judged for your sin. What did it say you're going to be judged for? You're going to be judged by your works. Why aren't you being judged for your sin? Your sin, been paid, your sin was paid for on the cross. Your sin was paid for on the cross. You're going to be judged by your works. The unsaved are going to be judged by their works. He's going to look at these books and he's going to say, well, you're a pretty good guy here. You're a pretty good guy there. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to look at you. But then verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the dead in hell delivered up their dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to the works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb book of life, in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Let me tell you. You're going to be judged for your works. When you stand before an almighty God, you're here today and you're not saved, he's going to look at your works and he's going to say, oh, well, you've done pretty good there, you've done pretty good there, you've done pretty good there. Hey, God, you wasn't too bad of a guy. Look here, you sound like that guy in Matthew. You went to church, you taught Sunday school, you've done this. All right, hey, you've done pretty good here. Hold on now. Let me look at this other book. Let me look and see in the book that establishes who put their life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Who allowed their life to be accepted? Who were the ones that did not reject? He looks in that book. And if you're in that, if you're in the Lamb's book of life, you're not at that judgment because you are in heaven with God. But he looks in this book. He says, man, you didn't put your life in foundation on Jesus Christ. Depart from these work of iniquities. I never knew you. You're standing up. You're either standing on the foundation or you're not. Without, without a foundation, you will spend an eternity in the lake of fire. Period. Oh, Wayne, that's pretty bold. I'm, I'm not the one bold. You read the scripture, that's what he says. All I'm doing is repeating the message. I beg you this morning. Do not let anything hinder you from being saved. Amen. When I say do not let anything hinder you, the old devil will tell you, listen, there's been things in your life that you've done that God can't forgive you of. The devil told you that. Jesus said, I died for those things on the cross. Everything that you've ever done, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Someone else has already done it, and I've already forgiven that. I can forgive you. Don't let him keep you from coming to know more as your personal Savior. Brother Wayne, how do I do that? By simply asking. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for your sins, that you are a sinner, and you believe that God rose from the grave, when you simply call upon Him, say, God, save me. I believe in you. Save me. He will save you. By the way, that's the way it's simple. Yeah, Jesus done the hard part. He made it easy for us. Let's stand together. Father, I stand here at the front this morning without a, without a foundation under me. God, I want to thank you that you sent a preacher one day in my life and he told me about hell. And he told me that without Jesus Christ in my life, that's where I would spend an eternity. God, I remember the night that I walked that aisle and I gave my heart and my life to you. I'm trusting in you. Thank you so much for saving me. God, it's not anything I've done. I do not deserve it, but it is your grace how much you love me. God, I pray this morning that not a single person will walk from this room without having you as their personal Savior. God, use this time. Help us make a decision for you. God, if we're here this morning and we've been saved many years and we've not worked for you since that time, God, I pray that we'll be challenged this morning to make that decision to get back into work for you. Thank you so much for your son Jesus.